uh, Romanucci and Blandon is a Chicago personal injury law firm founded by successful, and I mean successful, personal injury attorneys Antonio M. Romanucci and Stephen D. Blandon. Uh, they're one of the Illinois' top plaintiffs, uh, personal injury and civil trial practice law firms. Counselor, welcome back to the show. Good morning. How are you feeling? In your voice. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You know, um, Attorney Romanucci, I had no idea that you were even connected with the George Floyd family and Attorney Ben Crump until I saw you walk through the doors at one of the funerals in Minneapolis. This is amazing. How did you come to have a relationship with Attorney Ben Crump and this particular case? And I just wanted to acknowledge that uh, Attorney Crump uh, thanked you first yesterday at a news conference with George Floyd's family after the verdict. Well, Perry, you know, I think first and foremost, and if it's not evident, I will tell you now, uh, Ben Crump and I have just a deep love and respect for each other. I mean, we work together, but we are friends first, and, and that's what makes our, our, our working relationship so, you know, work so well. You know, I met Ben, you know, a number of years ago because I needed some help. I had tried a case in uh, Florida, and I won. It was a civil rights case. Mm -hmm. And because we won, I needed somebody to verify my my fee petition because that's how it works. And Ben had just come off the Trayvon Martin case. So I called Ben, and I asked him, you know, would you be willing to sponsor my fee petition here in Florida? Wow. And that's how we met. That's how we met, and and we've been, you know, we've been friends ever since. So... I have to ask you, Counselor, what has this been like for you? I mean, this is a whirlwind. You know, um, George Floyd's daughter said in the beginning, she said, my daddy's going to change the world. And and you just think about how profound those words were um, out of this little baby's mouth. Uh, what what has this been like for you? This whole um, this journey, because it, 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 it's an, an incredible journey. It is, Perry. And now, you know, in, in my mind, the dates of May twenty fifth and April twentieth, you know, will forever be etched. You know, in my mind, and certainly it should be etched in our country's mind because in between those two dates. You know, not only did George Floyd and his family find justice in the civil case and in the criminal case, but America faced the real reckoning. You know, police now have to be accountable for their actions. Black people have to be treated the same way as white people. Um, enough is enough. And really, the, the transparency factor in how the justice system worked in convicting Derek Chauvin across the board of all three charges is really convincing and I think is a reckoning for America. You know, Gianna wants her daddy to change the world, and I want her dream to come true. Mm-hmm. The change the change won't come overnight. It still needs a lot of work, 
And I'm not sure, Perry, if you heard about the news about what Merrick Garland said about um, the department, the, the uh, Minneapolis uh, Police Department. Yes, I was going to ask Very you about the, that because uh, for those of you who don't know, it was just announced that the Department of Justice is opening an investigation into Minneapolis policing practices. Why is this so significant, uh, Attorney Ramanucci? Here's why this is so significant, Perry. Derek Chauvin is not the beginning and he's not the end of what needs to be reformed. He's only a piece of the puzzle. So what Merrick Garland today, when when he announced his investigation, he is looking into what's called a pattern and practice in the department here in Minneapolis as to whether or not there is a pattern of excessive force that's used against either people, all the community, against black people, against brown people. He's looking to see whether or not there's a pattern and practice of systemic racism here at the Department of Minneapolis. So what happened yesterday, yes, it's so important, absolutely. But the fact that now that someone, leadership in Washington, D.C., is taking decisive steps to look into departments when they see something wrong, this is a big step in America. Mm-hmm. We, have, we didn't see this in the last four years, did we? No, and Carrie O'Horn, who was, I believe she was in Philadelphia, uh, this was a woman who was a police officer, lost her job, lost her pension because she tried to uh, intervene with her partner when he was doing a chokehold on a woman uh, while she was handcuffed, and she lost everything. So I understand that there's a new law uh, called the carry all law where they're, they're expecting uh, police officers to intervene. What do you think this means for the other three officers who are going to go on trial uh, for being a part of George Floyd's death uh, in a, in August? What, what what I mean? What do you take from this? Well, first of all, I mean, you know, the, the, this whole issue of intervening is so critically important because. It sounds like it's something that it's voluntary. Well, they should have intervened. Intervention is written, typically written, into police policies, orders, or directives. This is not something, oh, you know, we should intervene. He looks like he's dying or he's sick. No, this is a policy. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it's a policy and the fact that, for example, in George Floyd, it was ignored. They, they literally took... Preventative steps to allow any intervention, and they fail to intervene themselves, despite the fact that, as the prosecutor said it so nicely, the bouquet of people that were out there, the bystanders, knew that George Floyd was dying. So, if I'm one of those three officers and I see what happened yesterday, uh, justice came so swiftly within 24 hours of closing arguments ending, I'd be a little concerned. I'd be concerned about my chances at trial, and I'd, and I'd be talking to the prosecutors. But, you know, that that's just my take on it. You know, certainly they may have other defenses that I'm not aware of yet. Uh, but certainly I, I think that's got to give them, you know, a moment to pause and think about what happened. I know you've got to run, but I did want to ask you 
about Judge Cahill. And he commented on Maxine Waters' remarks at a Minneapolis protest prior to the verdict. Was the judge out of order? Was it of no consequence? What What, what do you think about that, uh, Tony? Yeah, Perry, I, I thought I thought his comment was gratuitous. I, I think that was something that he, if he wanted to say it, he should have said it off the record, and and certainly not for the record. Because what Maxine Waters did, again, had nothing to do with the trial. Now, could a juror have heard what she said and been influenced or affected by it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they could have heard it. But remember this, that comment came after three and a half weeks of testimony. Mm -hmm. So it's very unlikely that her comment would influence that much evidence in the case. Now, should Maxine Waters have gone out there and said it? That's to be determined. Right. She has her First Amendment right also. She spoke. She said it. She did it. But I think the judge, you know, he has a point, but he didn't need to go on the record right. and say to the whole world that, that she may have caused a mistrial. She, I don't think she caused a mistrial. And, the, the, and the one, jury, yeah, I'm sorry. I was just saying one more question because I know you got to go. Um, what does qualified immunity look like in the future for police officers and law enforcement around the country? What do you think it's going to? What's going to happen with this? Well, another great question because Illinois has an opportunity right now. There's a bill pending. It's called the Bad. I believe it's called the Bad Apple Police Accountability. Bad Apples in Law Enforcement Accountability is what it's called. And the bill would eliminate qualified immunity for police officers who could then be sued for deprivation of individual rights. Mm -hmm. It's House Bill 1727. Wow. Now, police, police unions are opposing it, of course. So is police management. However... Qualified immunity is a get-out-of-jail-free card for police officers. We can't have that continue to happen. Police officers need to be held accountable for their actions, and we want what everyone wants. That's good policing, not bad policing. Well, um, Antonio Romanucci, attorney uh, with uh, Romanucci and Blandon, Thank you so much, and I'm so glad that I finally know how you and Ben Crump uh, became friends. It's a match made in heaven, and I am just, um, I'm, I'm elated this morning that your work, you guys' work, really did make a difference. You guys made a difference also, so so thank you, and you continue to do so. And you know, Tony, you can come on anytime. You know, we started talking because of a, a couple of cases that yeah. uh, you had. So feel free, you know, give us a call whenever you need to come on, so we can keep our listeners and audience abreast of how this is not over. It's the, the fight has just begun. Perry, you always warm my heart. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, thank you.